Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Well, during this series, we are exploring true friendship. And we've discovered how God created us for friendship with Him. And even though we resisted that desire, God didn't give up, but pursued us down through history, ultimately coming in the flesh. Jesus Himself, to be our friend, the friend that sticks closer than a brother, to live and preach and teach and heal and reveal, but also to die and rise again so that we could be restored to friendship. And last week we explored how Jesus surprisingly, maybe unbelievably, calls us his friends. Wow. I'm astonished by that. But this friendship, is not just with God. And it's not just as individuals. Jesus calls us as friends into friendship with each other. You and I. And we need each other in order to flourish as the friends of God. This is actually a dominant theme in Scripture. But we often don't quite see it, I think, maybe because we have been tainted by the hyper-individualism of our culture that has been pervasive over the last three, four hundred years. We also are inheritors of what is a very privatized faith where discussing certain things has just been ruled out of normal conversation. We often read scripture then with a bias toward me myself, and I. In order to set the table for us today, I'd like to just offer a few verses from Scripture. I don't very often take a whole bunch of Scriptures, but today I I want to offer them to you as a way of reflection. I want to read these Scriptures, and as I read them, I want you to ask yourself this question. How close do I have to be to others for these scriptures to be true in my life? How close do I have to be to others for these scriptures to be true in my life? Whether you are a follower of Jesus, or whether you are someone who is joining in here online to explore faith a little further and discover what it means, this is what is true. The Christian faith is something that is lived out as we seek to integrate what God has revealed to us in the Bible into our lives. And so, whether we are new to faith, exploring faith, or following Jesus for a long time, asking this question is critical. How close do I have to be to others for these scriptures to be true in my life? So, here's an array of scripture. From Proverbs 27, we read, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. How close do you have to be for that to be true in your life? (laughs) 
Can you see the sparks? How about this one from Galatians 6? Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Can you do that from a distance? How close do you have to be? From Romans 15, accept one another then as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. How about this one from, a, from Hebrews 10? Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Are you still asking the question, how close do I have to be for this scripture to be true in my life? From Proverbs 17, friends love through all kinds of weather. From John 15, which we heard last week, from the, from the teaching of Jesus himself, he said, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. And then let me finish off by reading some verses just from Ephesians chapter 4, a letter in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. A little further down in the same chapter, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I could go on and on. I could read for hours. Over and over again, everywhere you look, you see how close we need to be to each other in order for these scriptures to really be integrated into our lives, to be something that we follow, something that we obey, something that we live. Because here's the thing that we discover. Close friendship with Jesus demands close friendship with each other. We cannot fulfill the law of Christ obey the command of Jesus to love others as he loved us, offer and receive forgiveness, loving through all kinds of weather, motivating each other to acts of love and good works and accepting each other as we've been accepted, carrying each other's burdens along the way. We cannot do that if we remain at a distance. If we're isolated from each other, if we are holding each other at arm's length, emotionally, relationally, if we refuse to get in close and go deep, we can't do these things that the Scripture is telling us to do. Close friendship with Jesus demands close friendship with each other. Well, not only does Jesus command it, but what we discover is that the quality of our friendship with Jesus will be directly affected by the quality of of our friendships with other friends of Jesus. It goes together. We discover that we simply cannot follow Jesus faithfully without getting in close with you 
with me, with those around us, with other followers of Jesus. Why? Because we actually need each other in order to be faithful to Jesus. We need each other in order to fulfill all that Jesus has commanded us to do, in order to be all that he's commissioned us to be. We can't do that on our own. We can't do that by ourselves. We need each other. And we see this modeled all throughout the scriptures. And it often crops up bits here and there in stories where the good news about Jesus is somehow at stake. When Barnabas takes a risk on this newly converted Saul, he gets in close to this man who was persecuting the church and ends up defending him to other untrusting Christians. And when we see that happen, we discover how important friendship is for the spread of the gospel itself. Paul went on to become the writer of much of the New Testament, the planter of many churches. We owe so much to him to think that friendship is what enabled that to happen. Well, when Saul, who became Paul, the church planter, he confronted the great apostle Peter publicly for his horrific gospel-denying prejudices, we again see true friendship at work, leading Peter not only back to the truth, back to integrity, back to the way of Jesus, but protecting others from harm. Harm that would have come by Peter's actions. When Priscilla and her husband Aquila lean in close to correct the inadequate theology of the mighty teacher Apollos, they again are displaying true Christian friendship. We are told by New Testament writer after New Testament writer that we must live for each other. We must sacrifice for each other. We must put the interests of others above our own interests. We must honor each other and pray for each other and speak the truth in love to each other. All of this drives home the pervasive and vital truth. We will not flourish as friends of Jesus if we are not faithful in friendship with each other. We've got a problem on our hands. Because if we're honest, many of us do not have friendships of any significant depth. Some of us have many acquaintances, but few friends. Others, we have friends, or we have people with whom we have long history. But when we consider the last time that any one of our friends challenged us to grow, or perhaps confronted us on something in our lives that was hurting us or others, when we consider when's the last time I had a friend open up in vulnerability to something that was hurting in their lives, or that I open myself up to, then sometimes we can realize that many of these so-called friendships are not as deep as we thought. Many of us live with few friends, and very few of us have friendships in which we can open ourselves up for mutual growth, for shared burdens, for spiritual insight, for spiritual correction, for prayer. This is true in the church. This is true around us. We can keep things surface and not go 
deep. As the old saying goes, live our lives an inch deep, but scattered a mile wide. Well, in order for us to flourish, in order for us to really grow as God intended, we need to go deeper. And yet we can really struggle with that. When I've talked to many of you about the need to go deeper in friendship, to to pursue spiritual friendships, to, to open yourself up in existing friendships, I hear a lot of pushback. Some of us fear too much exposure. We don't want to open ourselves up that much. Some of us have been hurt before, maybe again and again. Some of us hurt in the church, and we don't feel like it's a safe place or a safe relationship, or maybe there's no place of safety at all in which we can entrust ourselves. Maybe we don't want to go deep because, if we're really honest, we don't want someone calling us out on the things that have been hurting us. We don't want someone to confront us about the way we talk about our spouse, the way we speak to our children. We don't want someone to confront us over habits or destructive behaviors or ways that we've been cutting corners or ways that we gossip all the time. We don't want that. And so we prefer to keep things on the surface because we don't want to be confronted about things like that. For others, I think it's because we've never been in a friendship that has really modeled Christ-like grace, acceptance, forgiveness, kindness, and truth. We've never really experienced it, so we don't know what that would be like. And then I think there's probably maybe more than a few of us who, because of our family of origins, because of the way things have gone, we've never learned to articulate, to actually express what's going on inside of us. And as a result, the idea of talking with someone about what's going on inside of us just leaves us kind of numb and speechless because it's not something we've ever done. We've got a lot of learning to do to even begin to have that kind of a conversation. And then I also think there are some who it's just never been done. I've talked to some of you where they've said, look, in my family, even in the church I grew up in, the relationships I've had, we just never talk about things of faith or frankly, things that are very emotionally deep. We, we love each other, we trust each other, we're together, but and we, we, you know, long history, but we just have never gone there. And so it's new territory. It can feel kind of scary. There's a lot of reasons. You can list more, I'm sure. And yet the call of Jesus is clear. The teaching of Scripture is all over the place. We need to go deeper together if we're going to go further with Christ. We need to go deeper together if we're going to go further with Christ. If we're going to experience all that God desires for us, all that he intends for us to, to, to experience in friendship with Jesus and with each other, we've got to be willing to do that. God wants that for us because he's so good, he knows how good it is for us. Because you see, that's the beauty in all of this. Yes, it's commanded. Yes, it's necessary. Yes, a close friendship with Jesus demands a close friendship with each other. Yes, yes, yes. But it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's in these friendships that we really experience tangibly the love of God, this beautiful experience of joy, of freedom, of knowing that we are accepted and loved, of having people speak truth and power and encouragement into our lives, cheering us on as we are all going 
after Christ. It's a beautiful thing. We discover it's what we're made for. We are transformed, and then, maybe surprisingly, but it really shouldn't be a surprise when we realize what Jesus is up to, we find this is how the church is also being transformed. And this is how the world is coming to see Jesus. For today, I want to challenge you to take this personally. What I mean by that is, I want to ask you if you're willing to take up the challenge, the invitation to pursue deeper friendships this year, to pursue deeper friendships this month, this week, to actually look into the next week, month, year, and say, I am going to take the steps required to grow more deeply in friendship with a brother, a sister in Christ, with an existing friend that I have, with a new friend, with the people that I meet in my neighborhood, with others I know. I'm going to take this challenge seriously. I'm asking you to do that. And in order to set that up, I'd like to lead you through a little, a few questions, I think, so that we can really take this and make it practical. The first thing I'd like to ask is some diagnostic questions. I have, I think, 12 questions here. And they're questions designed to help you determine where are you actually at? Because it's easy to say, well, I've got friends. Or I have people I talk about my faith with. But I'd like to lead you through a series of questions so that you can get more clear on where you are. Diagnostic questions, as it were. I'd like you to reflect on these as I ask them. The first one is this. Who, and when I say who, I mean name. Who are they? Who knows where you are growing spiritually and where you are struggling in your faith? Who is it that knows that? Question two. When's the last time you followed up with someone on how they were doing and growing spiritually? When was the last time you followed up with someone to see how they were growing, see how they were doing? Number three, who is in your life who's able to question your motives? Who is it? Who can question your motives and maybe not get their heads ripped off or not get written off? Who is it? Is there anyone? Question four. Who do you call when you've learned something exciting from God's word? Who's that person that you love to tell? Who is it? Number five. Who, today, this week, who is praying for what you truly need? In other words, this is a person who knows what you need and is actually committed to praying for that need for you. Who is that? Number six, who is sharpening you? Who's sharpening your mind? Who's sharpening your heart? 
Who's sharpening your understanding of who God is? Who's sharpening the way that you're responding in relationship with spouse, kids, friends, roommates? Who's sharpening you? And the next question is like it. Who are you sharpening? Can you name them? You might want to look for sparks. Question eight. Who knows your passions, your gifts, and your calling well enough that they can challenge you in how you're using them or growing them or neglecting them? Who knows you well enough, your gifts, your passions, your, your calling, to actually say, hey, I don't, think you're, 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 I, don't, I don't think you're really using this right now. Or, that's awesome. Look how your gifts are being used to serve the body of Christ. Who knows you well enough to even do that? Nine, when's the last time you specifically felt spurred on or motivated to some particular act of love or some particular good work? When was the last time that happened and who did it? Number 10, who do you feel comfortable praying with? Part of that same question, who do you pray with? Question 11, Who knows you well enough to challenge you to grow but loves you so much that they accept you for who you are? And then number 12 in some way maybe wraps it all up. Who walks with you? Who walks with you? Now, as I read all those questions out, were you stuck? Were there not really names coming to you? Or was there one name that kept popping up the whole time? Listen, when we ask these kinds of questions, it's not meant to inspire any kind of guilt, any kind of shame. It's meant to help us realize, oh, maybe... Maybe there's something in this invitation, this challenge, to go more deeply in friendship with others. Because as I look at these questions, most of them, I didn't have a clear answer for it. And if that's you, take this as an invitation, a wonderful invitation into deeper friendship. Now, for some of you, if you went through this, if, if, if most of these, these, these questions had an answer, a real clear, fast, quick answer, you knew who it was, can I issue a different kind of challenge to you? We need you to help us as the body of Christ. We need to learn more how you're doing this. We need to have you inspire us and encourage us to do what you're doing, to go deeply in friendship with others so that we can go further in Christ together. So these diagnostic questions, where are you at? The second question is a broad, broad question after diagnosis. I want to ask a question basically around conviction. In other words, do you agree with what's been said today? Do you agree with what I've said? 
Or do you find yourself pulling back and saying, I'm not sure I really believe that. Like, I think I want to do the Christian life thing or follow Jesus thing, but I I don't feel like I, I want to or can or should get as close as Tom's suggesting. Where are you at? Or would you say, yeah, I agree with that even if I haven't experienced that in my life. But I'm asking a conviction question. Do you agree with this? Because for some of us, that might be where you need to start. Like, is this true? You need to answer that. You need to dig into the Bible and find it out. You need to maybe, maybe discuss it with someone. Is this what's required? Is this what's been a ceiling on my growth in Christ? Is this why I haven't been maturing emotionally? Is this, is this what's going on? I, I need to go deeper. Do you agree? And then the second part of that same question would be, am I willing to do something about it? If I say, yes, I agree, am I willing to make a change? Are you willing to do what it takes? And then the third practical challenge for us today is if you have identified that you need to go deeper and you're willing to do it, what is the next action you're going to take to make it happen? If you can look ahead to the rest of 2021 and into 2022 and say, one of my goals, one of my calls, one of my responsibilities for the next few months is to pursue deeper friendship with someone or some ones. What's the next action that you need to take? It could be that when the service is done today, you need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Ask them for a coffee this week. And in that coffee, name the thing that needs to happen. Say to them, you're someone I love and respect. You're someone I appreciate. You're someone I've known for years. But you know what? I want to go deeper in friendship with you. I want to talk more with you about what's going on in my life. I want to discuss more about what I need to learn and where I need to grow and things that are going on in, in, in my, my walk with Christ. Would you be willing to do that? Is that the next action you need to take? What is it for you? It could be, as I just said, that there's already a friendship in your life. That you already have enough history. You already know you can trust them. That it just means that you need to take that bold step of going deeper with them. I encourage you to do it. Name it. Ask them into it. See where it goes. For others, it could be taking up this call that I've been issuing down through the year to seek a spiritual friendship. It could be with someone you already know, but it could be with someone new. It could be someone that you've identified, someone that you you think, I I think I want to walk more closely with them. And you make a kind of covenant together to, to walk regularly, physically or metaphorically, once, twice a month where you're specifically getting together to discuss your walk with Christ, where you are growing, where you are struggling, praying for one another. Doing that can have transformative effects on each of your lives, but also a ripple effect on all the lives around you. And and the thing is, is, if we'll do this as a church, if each one of us are pursuing more, uh, you know, relationships of more depth in, in, in those around us, even those in this church and beyond, think of what it will do to us all. It will be transformative. Because, see, that's where this is going. To be a church of Jesus' friends, which we are. We, we saw that last week. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last, right? So Jesus said, you're my friends. We are a church of Jesus' friends. But to be that church of Jesus' friends, we need to also be a church of Jesus' friends where our friendship with each other matters and we pursue that 
with all of our hearts. And so I'm asking you flat out, will you take up this challenge? Will you respond to this invitation personally? Like an August alfalfa field that has just come through a very hot July, we can be green and growing because our roots are down deep in friendship with Christ and in friendship with each other. That's God's hope for us. That no matter how the sun may scorch, we will experience more and more growth and vibrancy, more than we've ever experienced before. But we can also stay shallow, distant, keeping each other at arm's length, keeping conversations safe, never taking the risk to go a bit deeper. And if we do, we will never flourish as the friends of Jesus, as Jesus intended. We will never fulfill his desire for us. We won't flourish as a church, not the way we can, not the way we could. We'll never really mature. We'll never weather the storms that are coming as God intended us to do together. And we'll end up looking more like a scorched earth than a vibrant field. And God is calling us to be a vibrant field. And what we discover, he created us for friendship with him. But he also created us for friendship with each other. What'll it be, Erickson Covenant Church? Will we go deep? So this is my prayer. I'm reading from the message, Philippians 1. This is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere, not sentimental gush. Your love is sincere and intelligent. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. That is my prayer for you. It's my prayer for us. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.